Hey everybody, this is Matt. Thank you for joining us for our Chi Alpha Family Groups again tonight. So glad that you are here. The Summer Olympics that were supposed to be in Japan last year, one of many events that had to be canceled or postponed or rescheduled. And it's really a shame because I love the Olympics, right? I love seeing athletes show up, the best of the best from around the world to compete uh, in their different events or different categories, set new world records and represent their home countries. You know, that's a huge thing about the Olympics is when those athletes right, step on that world stage, they're not just there representing themselves, they're representing their homeland, their home country. When people look at them, you know, they, they think of the homeland that they're representing. You know, the, the Olympics always start with that huge parade of nations where the athletes walk in with the flags and in the dress of their homeland and it's a big celebration of, man, this is the country I'm from, this is what I'm representing. And so their victories, right, they're uh, at the Olympics, uh, reflect well on their home country when they win those gold medals, right? They're, they're, they're winning them for the USA, for Canada, for Mexico, wherever their homeland they're representing. Also, the negative things can reflect poorly on their homeland. I mean, in a recent Olympics in Brazil, we had some U.S. athletes that got in trouble for shoplifting, right? That reflects poorly on us. The things we do, good and bad, reflect on the people that sent us, right? The nations that sent those athletes, they are there representing them. And so for us, if we know that we've been sent with a purpose, we recognize that, that our actions, the things we do, good and bad, are going to reflect on the one that sent us, right? So that should give us some humility to realize, okay, it's not just about me. It's not about me. It's about the one who sent me. You know, we've been going through a series through the New Testament book of Acts and our times together on Thursday nights in family groups. We've been calling the series sent because we're trying to keep in mind this idea that we've been sent by God with a specific purpose. You don't just happen to find yourself in this situation or that situation. God has placed you there for a specific reason and knowing you've been sent by God informs how you live, how you approach each situation. Last week we talked about if we know that we've been sent with a purpose, we're going to take advantage of every opportunity to fulfill that purpose. If we know that we've been sent by God, to be his witnesses, to share Jesus with the people around us, we're going to make the most of every opportunity to share that, to share the hope we found in him, to share the gospel. In the text we're looking at tonight, we're going to continue to follow Barnabas and Paul on their missionary journey through Galatia. So after preaching in Antioch, uh, they were run out of town by a mob that had been stirred up by local religious leaders that had man, incited this mob, it got people angry at them, and, and ran Paul and Barnabas out of town. And we see a pattern uh, that begins to develop here as we study these missionary journeys, a pattern that we see repeat again and again and again, where the apostles, the missionaries, they move to a new town to preach the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ and what God has done for us in Jesus. They share that. There's a conflict, right? Conflict, opposition arises. They persevere, and then there's some form of victory. Some victories are larger than others. This may look like People coming to Christ it may look like a miracle's performed, it may look like a new church established, but we see that pattern again and again. They move to a new region, they preach the gospel, there's a conflict, they persevere, and then there's a victory. And so, uh, honestly, that's the, the pattern of our lives as well, right? That, that when we try to do something significant for God, there's conflict, there's opposition, but if we persevere, then we're going to see victory. So let's take a look at it. We're going to be in Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 1, says the same thing happened in Iconium. The same thing happened. That's that pattern, right? It's the same thing happened again in this new city. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue 
and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. The apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them the power to do miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. It says the people were divided. They didn't know what to think. And part of this is because Luke tells us that the Jews who opposed Barnabas had poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against them, poisoned their minds. They said terrible things about them. So the people were resistant to believe their message about Jesus. It's difficult to communicate with someone who's already made up their mind against you. Maybe you've been in this situation, right? Trying to uh, trying to talk to someone, trying to connect with someone who has already sized you up, right? They already have a certain opinion of you, and that's a tough obstacle to overcome. Maybe you've been on the other side of it. Maybe you've had uh, a, a coach or a professor that, that maybe some friends already told you, oh, that, that's, that's a difficult person to get along with, or that's going to be a really hard class. And mentally, man, that's a hard obstacle to get over. When you've already got a conception of that person, um, it, make, it makes it really difficult. And so Luke tells us that, that the, the religious leaders there had poisoned the minds of the people uh, towards Paul and Barnabas. So it made it really difficult for them to preach their message there. It made it difficult for the people to receive it, and the people were divided. And so that conflict there intensifies in verse 5. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them, throwing rocks at them. Verse 6, when the apostles learned of it, they fled the region of Lyconia to the towns of Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding area. And there they preached the good news. It says when they learned about it, when they learned that, hey, these people are wanting to kill you, they're, 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 they're wanting to attack you, it says when the apostles learned of it, they fled. You know, there comes a time when we've got to move on, right? There comes a time when you've done everything you can do to share Jesus with someone and it's just not getting through uh, and you've done your part and it's time to move on. You know, we don't give up on people, right? We keep praying on them. We keep believing for Holy Spirit to work in their lives, praying there's going to be more opportunities with them in the future. But if they're resisting the gospel, we can trust the Holy Spirit's going to let us know, okay, it's time to move on. It's time to leave it be. Maybe you've, you've been in conversations with a family member or a friend and they're just like, man, I don't, I don't want to hear about Jesus anymore. Uh, and it's okay for you to trust the Lord. They're, they're coming to Christ. Their salvation is not dependent on you, right? It's dependent on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will draw him in his timing. And you can trust when God says, it's okay to move on, to say, okay, I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to keep praying for you, but I'm going to move on. And that's what we see uh, the apostles uh, do here. And Jesus had taught his disciples in Matthew 10 that when they persecute you in one town, go ahead and flee to another. There are plenty of lost people that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And so that's what we see the missionaries do here. The persecution has intensified to mobs throwing rocks, and they say, okay, we're going to move to the next region. And the pattern continues. Verse 8. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had the faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Verse 11, when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. And now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd 
brought bowls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates, and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. Things had gotten out of hand at this point. The people had witnessed a miracle, and seeing that, they believed that Barnabas is the Greek god Zeus, and Paul must be the Greek god Hermes. They say, these are gods in human form. And this is exactly what our tendency is as humans to make other humans into gods and idols. The gospel tells us that God became a human being in the person of Jesus, and that we as human beings are made in God's image. And because we're made in God's image, we have value and dignity and worth. We are like God because God made us, and God became like us in order to save us. But our human nature always wants to reverse that. We assume that if there is a God, he must be like us. And we project our flaws, we project our insecurities on God and assume, well, God must be this way because I'm this way. And then we also take regular humans and we elevate them to the position of gods and make them into idols. We obsess over celebrities and athletes and political figures that are just flawed human beings, just like us. And then we're so angry when they disappoint us. They're so angry when we, they let us down. We, we elevate them to this position of a god or an idol. We invest so much in them emotionally. We obsess over their lives. And when they screw up, then they're going to screw up because they're just people like us. Um, and we get so frustrated. We get so angry because we put them in a position, put way too much pressure on them. And they can never live up to those things that only God can live up to. And all right, So this is what uh, they've done here to, to the missionaries. They said, oh, it's Zeus and Hermes. They're, they're gods among us. And Paul and Barnabas are absolutely horrified by this. Absolutely horrified. Like, no, 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 stop. Verse 14 says, When Paul and Barnabas heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and ran out among the people, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings, just like you. We've come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to a living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. They tear their clothes because they're so upset that the people had made them into idols. The people were trying to elevate them as gods. Tearing your garments in the ancient world was just a way to ex express extreme uh, extreme emotion, extreme grief, you know, so like the extreme equivalent of the coach throwing the clipboard at the football game because he's so upset, but like even more intense than that, they would tear their clothes to show, man, I'm so upset to say, hey, you've got to stop doing this. You misunderstand. We're not gods. We're humans just like you. You've got to stop. They're so upset. Uh, the people had made them into an idol, and Paul knows how God feels about idols. So he says, stop, stop, do not do this. We're human beings just like you. How many of us in the same situation uh, would be tempted to accept that praise and worship from the crowd, right? You've got a crowd of people that think you're a God. Man, let, let, let's live it up, right? Let, man, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to take advantage of that. Maybe not, right? Uh, these people want to worship us as God. Now we're talking. Um, we're, we're not tempted in that way often, but we do get tempted sometimes to allow people to think that we're better than we really are to allow people to think we're more godly than we really are. And, and, and instead of correcting them and saying, no, I'm a human just like you, I make mistakes just like you, sometimes we enjoy just kind of sitting in that a little bit and let them think that we're better than we are instead of embracing humility and saying, no, I really want to point you to Jesus, right? He, he's the one that we should be lifting up and exalting. 
It's so important for us to embrace humility that way. Uh, tell people about God. There is a God who's worthy of your attention, who's worthy of your affection. Uh, but me, I'm just like you. I'm just another human being. Let's wrap up here. Verse 19. Then some of the Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. That as the believers gather around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. The mob attacks Paul, and they stone him with rocks. They drag him out of town, and they leave him for dead. Man, he's incredibly injured here. But God miraculously uh, raises him. He doesn't die. The believers gather around him. He, he raises up, um, and he, he survives. You know, Later, when he writes his letter to the churches in this region, he's going to reference that beating that he took there. In the book of Galatians, which we're studying uh, starting this week in life groups, he says, I bear on my body the scars showing that I belong to Jesus, right? After being stoned um, practically to death and left for dead, man, his body would have been covered in scars. He says, I bear these scars to show that I belong to Jesus, right? He was willing to suffer for Jesus. He was willing to suffer because he loved these people and he wanted to share Jesus with them. Jesus suffered for us, right? And sometimes there will be occasions for us to suffer for him as well. And Paul's willing to endure it, again, because he loved God and he loved these people. He knew Jesus was worthy of that suffering, and he was willing to endure it to share the gospel with them. Because Paul and Barnabas knew that they were sent by God, they were willing to endure persecution. They knew God had them there for a reason. And because they were sent by God, they had the humility to say, guys, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the one who sent me. It's not about us. It's about him. If we know that we've been sent with a purpose, we're going to live in a humility that recognizes it's not about us. We're here to represent the one who sent us. Are we living in such a way that we're pointing others to God? Are we living in such a way that we're living as sent, pointing other people to Jesus, saying, don't idolize me, right? Don't idolize me. Don't make me famous. I don't want any of it. Uh, instead, I'm just a regular person like you. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. He's the one that can save you. He's the one that can truly help you. If you make me into an idol, you're wasting your time because at the end of the day, I can't forgive your sins. I can't save you. I can't fix your life. God can. Let me point you to him. It's my prayer that God would make each of us into big neon signs that just point people to Jesus. God, make my entire life a big neon arrow just pointing people to God, pointing people to God, saying, don't look at me, don't look at me, look at Jesus instead. Look at Jesus. He's the one that can help you. He's the one that can save you uh, so that God gets all the glory from everything that we say and do. We're going to turn it over to the family groups now so you guys can discuss this further. I'm praying you guys have some fantastic conversations, and I'm excited to announce uh, that we're going to be able to have Kai Alpha in person again very soon, probably next week. Uh, we'll be back in the psychology auditorium for in-person Chi Alpha large group. And I'm mean, so thrilled to be able to be, worship with you guys again in person. Uh, but, but you guys have a fantastic time discussing in family groups. And we will see you again very soon.